episode 7 of Jank Magic Podcast. My name is Kyle, and joining me, as always, is Squiggly Bob. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. It's been a couple weeks. Um, so, let's jump right in. Um, a lot of exciting things have happened this past couple weeks, um, and first and foremost, the thing that's really going to be on everybody's mind at this point in time is the cat ban. It oh, finally no. happened. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> right, six months in, they didn't they didn't want to ban it when they discovered it. They didn't want to ban it when it was um, six months. Uh, oh, well, I guess it's better late than never, right? Yeah, I just feel bad for the people who on Monday went out and bought a whole bunch of Sahelis for the deck. And oh, then, man. <laughs> a day later, it gets, it gets banned. God, yeah. Uh, I, I definitely feel bad. <laughs> I, I, when, I, when, when the Felidar Guardian was not on that list on Monday, I was like, okay, time to invest in Modern. Right. And then two days later, I was like, yes, magic can be fun again. But, <laughs> I, you know, I was moderately hoping they would ban something else but after kind of considering it it really didn't need anything else no i think cat was definitely good enough uh, i mean you don't want to go too crazy with the bannings right it, it undermines like players uh, i guess their confidence in buying cards and right. building decks and stuff like that. So if you do it too much, you actually hurt the player base a lot more. But of course, then again, if you get situations with like Cat and Sahili, then you also hurt the player base because nobody wants to play against the same deck over and over again. Well, then why does Legacy exist? <laughs> uh, 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 just kidding. Hey, That's a whole nother didn't one. Top, didn't Top get banned? It did. Like that, did you, there did you, you go. Yeah, it did. And now finally Miracles has uh, another challenge to overcome. <laughs> but so i mean the reason I, I the reason i finally was was okay with just the cat banning is just kind of thinking about it what it, it just with the sahili combo no longer being a thing this all just by default opens up the 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 field to have so many more options just right off the bat um the whole reason that it was only ever sahili and mardu is because sahili beats everything and mardu beats sahili Right. So it's like you did and Mardu, Mardu obviously we've I'm sure we've touched on this in the past but Mardu isn't powerful against all of the potential options. It's right. just it's that, not an unbeatable deck. Right. It's just the deck that beats Sahili. And so now like I I'm thrilled. Just absolutely thrilled. It's a brewer's paradise right now. At least for the next couple weeks as we see the opens and the pro tour and all that stuff. Um, I, I haven't been looking too far into specific options outside of the, my planning for this podcast. Have, have you noticed any particular decks that have started to shine in, 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 in response to the cat banning? So I don't know competitively if we know of any that are starting to shine. At least not that I know of. But there are there has been a couple that have caught my mind or caught my eye. I guess uh, I've actually been wanting to build a mono blue deck for a while now. There seems to be like a lot of good spells and everything like that in the set. And with the addition of commit memory, um, oh. I think that it just got viable. And uh, I think just a few hours ago, actually, I think LSV posted a deck uh, that was similar to one that I've been thinking about for a while. And uh, it basically uses engulf the shores to keep yourself alive, and then a whole bunch of counter spells. 
and one Ulamog, and then the torrential torrential gear hulks uh, are your main your main uh, creatures there. And the cool part is is that uh, one of the interactions I didn't I didn't realize could happen was that you can uh, gear hulk your commit memory and cast either side. Yeah, uh, so yeah, you can, you can just memory <laughs> time twister off of a gear hulk uh, seems pretty good. Yeah, like um, any instant, any card that is at least half an instant, you can pick and choose any of those sides. So it is definitely yep. an interesting ruling, and uh, I I can't remember who I initially heard that off of, but I know there was a. A, uh, another podcast that I was listening to that did mention that. I was like, oh man, that's going to be um, maybe not game-breaking, but it's certainly going to be game-warping. Yeah, the, like, It just means that Gear Hulks are going to continue to be a very powerful tool in the meta. Um, right. Perhaps not the other colors. Um, I, I mean, there's very rarely a time where you wouldn't want a black Gear Hulk effect. But the others are so... I mean, even Verterous Gear Hulk may stand a chance in this current meta with all of the, the minus one, minus one counters going out. But <laughs> yeah. it's just... It's interesting, and I'm really curious to see what some of the pros do. I only wish I was at that level so I could, like, get there and be part of that. Def- maybe maybe in the future. Maybe in the Give future it a couple moment. weeks. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. So... At this point, yeah, I, th- I think just like you said, it's just exciting that you know now we can try things like this and they can be competitive. Yeah, and you know it's not just going to be like okay, it's turn four I lose or it's turn five I lose. Yeah, I mean it, it's making things so much more enjoyable now that we have options. It's that's that's what part of this game is for, and I think that's just what what has been missing from standard for the past like two set drops so it's just it's really exciting to finally be able to get back in there and just make a new standard again so it's 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 it's, it's fun i'm really excited um so other than uh the maybe competitive decks is there anything jank wise that you enjoyed out of the set oh man is there so like i we touched on this very briefly last podcast um but I have been working on my approach of the second sun deck. Um, let's just say I definitely have some high hopes for that deck, not just in a jank fashion, but in competitive play in general. I at least preliminarily do believe it can be a competitive deck to a to a degree. And we'll touch on that mm-hmm. a little bit more later. Um, but I wanted to also go over a couple of other options that I certainly want to touch on in the coming weeks as Amonkhet um, settles and hopefully hopefully more than three decks are competitive. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's my hope. I I've, my favorite standard ever was the Theros RTR block. Granted, that's also when I first started, like seriously <laughs> playing. But maybe some nostalgia there. It's maybe a little bit of bias, but at the time there was not a single, there was no single deck that ruled them all. There was the Esper Control, there was Rakdos Aggro, there was all these different sets of pretty powerful decks that 
rock, paper, scissored really well with the meta. Mm-hmm. And so when when I finally came across, you know, this most recent one, I was like, wow, this is really oppressive and not really fun. So now that's opened back up again. And now we can get into the fun side of decks and actually hope to win because you're not constantly going against decks that always win. Right. Um, my first and foremost one, this is really more of a, um, I don't know, like, like an achievement status more than actually wanting it to do really well, but I definitely want to go and build a cat tribal. Cat tribal sounds sweet. Cat Although tribal. You, you missed out on, on the Felidar cat guardian now. Yeah, but I mean, that's a, a trade I'm willing to make. Like, <laughs> for the better, the better of the game. <laughs> you remember, you remember, you remember Felidar sovereign is still standard legal correct oh that's right they reprinted that it's a uh it's like a, a five and a white for a like a five a four six cat guardian or something and yeah. it states if you have 40 or more life you win i think it's a six mana isn't it yeah it's like like five and a one i don't remember the specific stats on it but like so so most four list two white uh, vigilance lifelink it's a four six and at the beginning of your upkeep if you have 40 or more life will you win the game <laughs> nice okay so <laughs> just so for starters it has lifelink on a pretty decent right. body mm -hmm. every non-token cat in almond cat has lifelink even the grand caracal or i can't remember what it's actually called but it's it's a Yes, the Regal Caracol. It makes seven total toughness and then boosts the toughness and power of every... Oh, sorry. It makes seven total power on the board between three creatures, a three, a two, two, a three, three, and then two one ones that get pumped by its static ability. So there's seven lifelink power right there. And then just in case the cats that come into play don't have lifelink, the Caracol gives it to them. Nice. So then... <laughs> You're playing a curve of like turn one, um, Sacred Cat. That's the one one life linker with embalm for one white. Right. And then you have a uh, turn two Felidar Cub, just in case you have to take out a pesky enchantment, because you can sack that one and destroy target enchantment. I think that's what that one did. Um, then you have like uh, turn yeah, three, maybe Oketra's monument or make turn three trial of zeal or one of the like a mono white what would that one be trial of solidarity i think it is makes a one one warrior when it enters a or something i can't remember what it yeah, is trial exactly. of solidarity gives everything plus two plus one and vigilance that's right that's yeah. right okay um felidar let's see this one's a felidar uh cub but then you have a turn four you can throw down um god any number of decent four drops or that's when you can start playing two things a turn you know there's uh, the uh the, the white god that's a four drop the three six yeah and i mean it is a it's a it is a technically it is technically a cat god but it's not ah. a, a subtype of cat which really right. bums me out and i was really 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 hoping it made one one cats with lifelink what one instead, cat seems like it would have been good good flavor for it, but yeah, it would have been fantastic flavor. But lore lore people would have his, pissed a fit. That's yeah, because her whole concept is going towards the warrior and making warriors more powerful, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
But yeah, so Felidar Cub does indeed sacrifice it, destroy target enchantment, and that is going to be relevant. So you doing mono white then, or are you gonna try to throw in green for the like the prowling serpopod? Serpopod, ah, oh, the cat snake. Oh, man, that would certainly, like, you know, you probably could, and then you could throw in non cats for for uh, just value purposes. Right. Uh I suppose that's something we can explore when the time comes where we're actually planning this deck out. But I mean, the 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 support for it is there. Mm-hmm. And just how awesome would it be if you could go to an FNM and say, I just beat you with a bunch of cats. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> oh, it's going to be getting some salt there. At the oh, end. that's my hope. It's like, oh, and I, I can just imagine the vastly inappropriate names of this deck that people could come up with. Definitely. And you got to get sleeves that match it somehow. Right? Yeah, we could we could do um what well, you know, what's the the grumpy cat? I'll just get a bunch grumpy of grumpy cat, cat sleeves. <laughs> then that'll be my sleeves for the yeah. deck. <laughs> so then So there's 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 a cat tribal. Probably going to be white green, but definitely could be mono white. Um next one a deck that fits into a shell that, uh, I'm sorry, a card that fits into an already existent shell like it was designed for it, Oracle's Vault. Um, what's, what's that do, just real quick for the... Uh, if, if so it's a, I think it's a three-cost artifact or a four-cost uh, artifact? Four. Okay, four so cost. Oracle's Vault, um, the first ability states two in tap, um reveal exile the top card of your library until end of turn you may cast that you may play that card then put a brick counter on this on oracle's vault and then it has a second ability tap uh, exile the top card of your library you may play that card until end of turn without paying its mana cost activate this ability only if you have three uh brick counters on it and I think we talked about this card quite a bit in the last podcast. We were both pretty excited about the uh, the possibilities. Yeah, it's 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 funny because like a lot of the people with overly competitive mindsets really hate this card. They just don't think it's good enough. <laughs> and I get it. If if you're playing it as it's stated to be played on the card, it's a slow card. One activation, yeah. maybe two per turn if you can get fancy with it. But I mean, you're looking at nine mana over four turns in order to be able to start playing things for free yeah that's not going to be real yeah it's it's certainly not going to be amazing if you're just throwing it into a deck that can't support it but there are cards out there and a deck that's out there already um in the form of etherworks marvel that would probably love to have this deck this card slotted into it somehow yeah, you start running into the problem of having like a lot of expensive uh, artifacts to deal with, right? Yeah, yeah, but then you could like use Etherworks Marvel to put these onto the battlefield for you. <laughs> that is true. I mean, that or use Oracle's Vault to. I mean, you'll get there eventually. That like you can. Oh God, you had a deck similar that that was able to fetch. What was that card? The blue, blue. X uh, uh, War of Innovation. Yes, War of Innovation. Yeah. You know, you you pay whatever you need to to get out your first Hedron Archive or whatever it is. I don't know. You can. F- There'll that, be a way. There, there was. De- there's definitely a way to to make this card 
very good. Just on top of a deck that's already doing this. <laughs> so it's just kind of um, yet another way to have options of, of casting things for free. Um, it, it's, it's crazy, because like a lot of cast triggers are relevant right now, so I mean, you still get the cast. Imagine being able to cast a free Ulamog. It's like, oh, thank you. Thanks for joining. <laughs> you know, you can imagine. It's already been happening. So clearly, right. clearly people would probably want to try and find a way to do it more often and maybe a little more consistently if they can get it there. I actually just played against a deck yesterday that was quite interesting to watch. It had all the jank. Like, this this deck was just, let's jank it up and go to town. It was, it was a green-white with a uh, green blue with a bunch of artifacts it played all the artifacts like uh panharmonicon was in there it played the uh like the, all the modules it played um etherworks marvel it had hedron archives he ended up actually winning one of the games by going off on mechanized productions with um hedron archives <laughs> so he just makes uh to uh he generally does his four mana artifact tap it for two mana you can also tap it or sacrifice it and pay four mana to draw a card right and it's pay two mana and sack pay to draw mana. a card yeah oh geez yeah it's it's and I, that i i even though i was getting my butt handed to me in that game i was like oh this is magical this is jank. this is like the epitome <laughs> of jank it was great just throw every big every big artifact in the deck and call it good. Yeah, that was essentially what he was doing, and it was fantastic. And he was playing stuff for free. He put out ether ether. What is it? The ether tide whale, I think it's called. And um, he was casting just all the big spells for free. It was oh. it was fun. It was fun to watch. Um, that being said, yet another option for Oracle's Vault is is. Uh, a lot of the untap effects that are currently happening in standard as well with the Amonkhet, there's a lot of untap things going on i don't know that there's any of them that say target permanent which is kind of a bummer i don't think so i think it's only um mostly creatures, creatures yeah yeah but there are a couple ways to manipulate counters on a permanent like there's one card it's three and a green when it enters the battlefield you can add or remove a counter of any type on target permanent is that the uh, quarry hauler yes actually it is the quarry yeah. hauler so whenever it enters the battlefield you can put another brick counter on your oracle's vault ta-da or because it does say target permanent you control it doesn't say target creature you control so that's kind of kind of a nice little way to finagle that into a turn less to wait. Because then you, you play it, you pay the cost of it, activate it, and then play the thing. And then the next turn, you're at three. So it's, it's the, kind of a... Is the snake that adds a counter, is that uh, like the... Yeah, the yeah, Winding, Winding Constrictor would do it too. Yeah. So like if, let's say, Winding Constrictor happens, you get to two, right? And then you play the thing play the quarry hauler like so just just an ideal board state would be winding constrictors already there play oracle's vault tap it to cast the thing on top if it's if you're really lucky the thing you exile is going to be the quarry hauler and then you play it 
off the, off the exile and instantly you're at four and the next time it untaps you get to cast stuff for free seems like it could be all right i mean there, there's ways to get it there there's there's definitely ways to get it there it's just i think people are the the, the majority of people aren't willing to agree that it's a long enough standard a slow enough format yet because with the cat banning there's gonna be ways to elongate the format again make it so the 50 minutes matters kind of thing right and if you play in green you have like pretty good mana ramping right so exactly i mean it's not even going to be a, a hard concept to get to the amount of mana it would cost to activate that especially with the blue green and a one um the naga i can't remember which naga it was but it's the one that taps for two colorless for three right three mana cast or two colors i want to say it's like channeler or something like that maybe and then i know there's the cha initiate channelers initiate right and that's the one that uh, gives itself it's a zero one when it enters but it's actually a three four and it enters with three one one minus counters right. the uh weaver of currents is the one we were thinking that's we it even okay close. yeah no we weren't <laughs> even creature close type as a naga yeah okay so. so i was i was halfway sort of kind <laughs> of right but whatever um, so also then, in, uh, in Amiket, real quick, there is a creature that untaps. Uh, let's see, I just had it here. It's the uh, Vizier of the Tumbling Sands, and it is three mana, one blue, two colors. It's one three, and you can tap it to untap another target permanent. Well, shoot, there is part of our combo. Hey guys, it's only a six card combo. We'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the good thing about it is it's cycling, and whenever you cycle it, you can also untap a target permanent. So you can pay oh, two, cycle it, draw blue, a card. Blue-green cycle, just... Oh, Bant cycle. I think that so, is probably going to be the shell. So what I'm thinking now is... we. So we, we talked about Paradox Engine, I think, sometime in the past. And whenever you're running Paradox Engine and this combo, you always have the problem of if you hit a land, mm. what do you do? And in this case, you could cycle out the Tumbling Sands, the Visitor of the Tumbling Sands, cycle it, draw the land, yep. right? Oh, no, you can't because it's exiled. I'm yeah. way off, sorry. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's... Uh, yeah, that's going to be... That's, that'll be an interesting thing. Um, yeah, I'm you not can sure. Still un untap, you can still untap your Sphinx for another uh, activation. Right. With the yeah, so the the land that well, is in exile will just keep get in exiled. mind too. Like generally speaking, the the best way to go about it is make sure to not play a land from your hand because you are able to play a land off from of Oracle's Vault. Right. So that'll get you at least through one land, and just hope that you've thinned out the deck enough. I don't know. There's obviously a lot of stuff going on, and I think with cycling, you'll be able to kind of go through a lot of that easier kind of uh get you not stuck where you don't want to be you know right so that's definitely um like so you can see it's it's obviously an option it, it there's a lot there's already just in this small brief period of um people th discussing it and thinking it and and hating on it honestly <laughs> um <laughs> I, I i think that at least on the jank side of things we could make it pretty strong um, I think so too. It might be something I play around with here in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely, I'm I'm actually really excited about that deck. I'm so excited about that deck. So let's talk about one last deck. This one isn't really so much of 
it certainly helps in in that it's a thing but it half of this already existed and uh you were talking about a noose constrictor combo um yeah so there's a noose constrictor and then there is the uh, say new card out of amonkhet and it's the flame blade adept it's one red one power two toughness it's got menace Whenever you cycle or discard a card, it gets plus one, plus O oh until end of turn. So basically the idea um, with this and the Noose Constrictor is, is you can discard your hand in Noose Constrictor, give this a whole bunch of uh, plus one, plus O's, oh, give the Noose Constrictor uh, plus two, plus two, I think it is, right? Mm -hmm. Or is it plus one? Plus one. Um, and then if you also have Shadow of the Grave in your hand, then you can cast that after you've discarded all of your hand and get back the cards you discarded to do it again. So if you have five cards in hand, you know, you can give you you can hit for about 19 points of damage. Yeah, in a single turn. And the best part is you can wait until your their declare blockers step and as soon as right. they say no blockers, you're like, "Okay, in response to no blockers being declared, I'm going to do this 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 and they can't do anything <laughs> about it." Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I mean, it does it does fall victim to um Fatal pushes. Well, yeah. Each each one of those cards is two, or uh, well, one of them is two, and the other one's one mana. Um, that, but so that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of like saying it dies to Doomblade, though. Like, <laughs> there's there's going true. to be it's a true. degree of, like, yeah, sure. There's a vast majority of, well, I guess the former standard now, not so much currently because there's a lot of five and up CMC cards that are going to see play, but up until very recently. A revolted push will definitely take out the vast majority of creatures that were worth playing, which is right. another cool thing because now that there's so much more power on the high end, fatal push becomes slightly less powerful. It's true, not it's true. by and much. It slows the game down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or building up to those big, big fatties. They're gonna wish fatal push had cycling too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that card would be so busted. Right? Yeah, no. Um, uh, and on on a small semi-related note, we were talking about maybe eventually there being a card that gives all basic lands in your hand cycling three, or something along those lines, like an enchantment or an artifact or something. Just it'd be a pretty since, powerful card. Yeah, it would be, and like, uh, just never hitting. I don't know. I I highly doubt they're going to come anywhere near printing something like this, but. I just thought it was an interesting concept that had been brought to mind. But the news constrictor combo certainly seems like it will have... I feel like in the right shell, that deck can certainly have legs. It's certainly yeah. something that we can attempt to build around and see where it goes. That's yet another option we can look forward to here in this, this coming standard. So, now... Any other kind of jankiness that you've noticed or want to touch on before we move on? No, I just want to hear about your uh, your successes with the uh, the deck that you've been brewing. All right, yes, awesome. So um, let's touch on some of the basics. Uh, I took full advantage of the cycling effects. Like People have been talking about this all over the place. You take an okay card with with okay effects that it's either really situational or really expensive and then all of a sudden you put cycling on it now it's the best card ever right it happens like for instance 
um, cast cast out. Well, that's already a great card by itself. Maybe not a good uh, good example. Let's try. Um, you can look at sensor, right? Right. Okay, sensor. Um, so somebody... it would be good card if you get it early on in your hand, but almost a dead card later on in the game. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you can just cycle it all of a sudden this becomes a very powerful magic card and a very good magic card Absolutely. instead of just a just a decent magic card and another one i i mean i'm this one i actually decided to main board just because of how often times i was like man it would have been really nice to be able to use that against x card or that card or whatever lay claim um it's basically a mind control for 7 Right, yeah, take uh, control of any permanent on the it, field. Yeah, like, and it doesn't yeah. have it. It says permanent, so if if you need a, a new color, you can go steal their land. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wouldn't suggest doing that too often, but you could. You, I mean, you could it, if you absolutely had to. Better, better targets, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh man, what's uh? There was one that every time uh your opponent casts a spell for the first time, you get to uh, exile their top card, and you may cast it for free. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. It's it's pretty janky. He he was able to play one of those off the top of an Oracle's Vault when he got it for mm-hmm. free, and then I lay claimed it. Oh, nice. <laughs> so uh, it was it was interesting because then I was able to uh, every time he cast his first spell for a turn, I was able to um, like actually I was able to play all. At one point, I had all of his Renegade Ralliers. No, oh, man. the other one, the one that draws two and uh, you draw a card and gain two energy. I can't remember the name of that one. It's a blue, white, and a colorless. It, it, whatever. It's it's beyond my memory right now. But I had all three of the ones he had in his deck, and then he had one in his graveyard. So oh, you funny. mean the uh, the rogue? It's yes, like, uh, uh, the rogue, rogue refiner. There you uh, go. You it. threw me off with the white. It's a uh, it's blue green, I believe. Did I say blue white? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it oh, matter. oh, oops, my bad. Ah, uh, okay. So, moving on though, uh, my approach of the second sun build features almost an entirety of it. So I, the colors I chose was Jeskai, um, red for removal, white for obviously the wind condition, and there's a couple like cast out is fantastic. Um, I also ended up using Renewed Faith. It's a th- two and a white to gain six life, or you can cycle it for one and a white, and then you gain two mm-hmm. life when you cycle it. That one's really nice. It's kind of like an end of turn. Oh, you hit me for two this turn, so I'm just going to gain two life now. So that was always fun. Um, overall, like uh, Deemworthy, the seven, uh, seven damage for five, or two damage and cycle for four. Um, hieroglyphic illumination it's either cycling for one blue or draw two cards for three and a blue it's just like a lot of cards that you wouldn't really see play except when it has cycling on it right so it's (laughs) it's a collection of cards that draw me through the deck because eventually that's what i want to do once i get that first approach of the second sun cast and that's the best part they can counter the first one if they want and if they're smart they'll read the card and let the first one resolve just yeah definitely cuz then you can hold up the cuz it, it's a cast trigger the first one once you pay the mana and put it on the stack the next one will win you the game period 
So it doesn't make a lot of sense to counter that one unless you really don't want me having the extra seven life that it gives you at the end of its text block. Like, if that matters, then yeah, you might want to counter it. But, like, most times just let it resolve. That's kind of what people ended up doing. Um, I actually only win against two counter decks. Um, there, there wasn't a lot of control going on, which was actually really interesting to see. Um, well, maybe not as interesting as you might think, but... Basically, what ended up happening was I played a lot of, against a lot of new ideas and some not-so-new ideas. Like, somebody was playing with a modified version of that blue-white flash with the spirits. Uh-huh. And uh, that one, I went two and one. I was able to get there twice. And he had a couple counter spells, but they were the early game kind with the unless-they-pay-blah so that they they weren't as effective because like when I'm cycling through my deck, I get all my lands. I never ever miss a land drop with this deck. It's fantastic. So did you were you were you playing uh, the uh, what's it called uh, like the Drake Sanctuary or whatever that card is? No, that's um, Drake Haven. There Drake, we go. Yeah, the Drake Haven is certainly something to consider. I don't like that it it takes an extra mana. Sometimes I would rather use that extra mana to cycle again rather than to right. get a 2-2 two, two flyer. Because at the end of the day, I, 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 this deck in its current form doesn't really care about board state. I didn't know if it would be good to slow down yeah. aggro decks or like throw, throw a couple on the sideboard or something. Yeah, I, I think it certainly would be a good sideboard card to have access to because that's definitely one thing to consider against decks that go really fast or you know any number of different things that i just can't deal with otherwise but for the most part even if aggro is a thing um i do have the sweltering suns i usually get them pretty quick with all the cycling mm -hmm. um i even i even had to double sweltering suns once to take out a freaking sphinx of the final word <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a um, hexproof five six flyer that I couldn't deal with otherwise. Right. Uh, their their spells can't be countered. Uh, oh. Yeah, uh, instants and sorceries they control can't be countered, and it couldn't be countered. And yeah. it has hexproof. That card is a beating if it gets out on the, the yeah field. Like, and how do you stop it from getting on the field? Like disperse? Uh, no, that, that that would even that wouldn't even work. You'd have you would have to yep. do that one that returns target spell failure. I think it is part of the first failure. part of failure to comply. I think failure will target a spell, and it doesn't have hexproof until it hits the actual board. So right, yeah, failure would work. But even then, they just get to wait a turn and cast it again. But like, yeah. uh, I digress. So ultimately, I think where I stumbled the most was any sort of. Um, deck that was able to just put a ton of creatures on the board. And even then, I was able to kind of deal for a while, because hard casting um, Renewed Faith for 6 life at instant speed, too. Because, like, it's fun, because most, most of the cards that have cycling on them are at instant speed. So you can cast them at their as their effect at instant speed, or you can just cycle them. And cycling has always okay. been at instant speed. Yeah, so, it sounds like you got a, enough ways to maybe 
avoid damage or at least gain back the damage that you lost. Even casting like the second sun gains you seven, which isn't a small amount of life. No, I mean, gaining seven life on an alternate win con for the cost that it is is a decent trade. It gave, it basically gives you back one life per turn for the next hopefully not seven times turns it takes you to draw it again <laughs> right and having four of them oftentimes means you can have two in your hand by the time you get to seven mana so it's just one of those things like like at one point i had all four of my approaches in hand by turn like nine but it was against a counter deck so i oh man he had used his last counter the turn before I was able to win, and then he was able to get lethal on the board with a with oh. a haste trick. <laughs> that's so that's depressing. Yeah, you've been waiting this whole time to get one in, and then yeah, sorry. I mean, I got the first one on turn seven because like he he was a he I, I knew he was going to be a smart player. He was playing control, and he was able to well, obviously control. He was he had the counters. Um, at, at the end of the day, he was just able to hold up. Like at, at and that's this is not the kind of card you want to bluff. Like you always make them reveal their counter. I've won right. games they would hold up their counter mana and I was like, oh no, they have a counter spell. But just cast it. If they have a counter, okay, you've got two more. If mm -hmm. not, you just won the game. Like that is a, it's a fifty fifty cent. If it's a fifty fifty that you'll win or win later. So, like, I, I, I don't know. It's just, I feel like in its current state, I'm, I, I, it's far from optimized. I will say that right now. It's far from optimized, and I don't think it'll do too well in any, any sort of competitive scenario at all. It's far from that. But I definitely feel like in its current state, it has room for manipulation to fine-tune it, make it that touch better. And I, I whew, I'm so excited to bring this to FNM over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be say, fun. This podcast isn't really about super competitive decks. No, but behind <laughs> so. every jank brewer is the person who wants to spike a tournament with a jank brew. That is true. That like is true. Is, that is kind of the ultimate wet dream of a jank brewer. Every Johnny wants to spike a tournament with an eight card combo, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, regardless that's it, it's i always like to at least semi compare to what competitive decks are doing just to kind of gauge like there's ultra jank and then there's jank until proven competitive kind of thing mm -hmm. and i always like to try and brew towards kind of the middle ground between those two Something so, that's good enough to beat at a FNM, but probably not good enough to right. win anything super competitive. Yeah, I'm not going to win any PTQs anytime soon with these decks, but I, I just might be able to. I just might be able to get first, second, third place at an FNM if the attendance is right. <laughs> but you, you get the idea. One of those things that just kind of makes you. It, it's 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 a secret hope. That one day I'll be able to make a jank that is strong enough to make a wave, you know? And then I'll be yeah. happy. But I think that this deck is very... 
it has potential and i feel like we can certainly tweak it to a degree i have to work on the mana base a little bit there was a couple times where i wished i had a little bit different mana but i the, even then it was most of the time it's like if i can't afford to cast something then i'm just gonna cycle it kind of thing so are you are you using the cycle lands i'm using one of them because there's only one in my colors <laughs> the blue blue white uh, yeah the irrigated farmland yeah. Uh, there isn't a white red or a red blue cycle land so right but i am using the uh, the other two i'm using are the fast lands the one that come into play untapped if you have two or fewer Mm -hmm. so i'm using the inspiring vantage and the spire bluff canal for those i may consider switching out to one of the uh no because i can't do that either the the two or more basics checks those are also ally colors so i can't use those either um hmm yeah but there's definitely some some tweaking that can be done and i will be looking into um, optimizing the deck for future builds that is definite um but yeah like any other last minute questions or ideas that could drive this deck in a slightly more competitive direction not off the top of my head how well did it do? Like, what was your record in the, um, the friendly? Over the in friendly, um, like the trying it out section, um, I ended up playing a total of seven games, and I won five of the matches. Seven so, games, five matches. You won. That's not bad. Yeah, seven. So five out of seven um, matches in the just for fun category, I was able to pull through with a win. Either because they were annoyed and quit. Or just because I was able to get there. And, like, I, I can't tell you how many... The, at least two of those individual games were won because I was using their top end to kill them. Oh, because of lay claim? Because of lay claim, yeah. It was kind of fun to see the little bit of saltiness behind their GGs, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Regardless. Well, it sounds like it's going to be all right. I'm hoping so. Can do some good. I'm certainly hoping hoping so. So, before we wrap up tonight, there's one last thing I want to bring up. It's a very strange thing. Um, just considering a lot of the different details that involved that are involved, but Hasbro announced their own convention, Hascon so has creative it, has it always been all, like is this a new thing or is it I, just new because i don't uh, think new to it, us i guess it, it might be new to us but i've never heard of hascon ever before uh, wikipedia says it's new i think because it's the forthcoming annual ah uh, yes forthcoming annual see yep right there that so i guess that this is the first one and hasbro as you may or may not know is the parent company of Wizards of the Coast. So, at Hascon, um, they are doing a, a, what they're calling a blind pre-release for a new Eternal set called uh, Iconic Masters. Um, <laughs> in all place, of all places, they're doing it in Providence, Rhode Island, which I'm still not quite wrapping my head around but okay we'll, we'll give him that that's where hasbro's headquarters are at oh is it really yeah, yeah interesting okay well i guess that... this is a, this is an overall hasbro uh 
con, like con convention. Yeah, we're talking. And, we're talking like the owners of Transformers. They own GI Joes. GI Joes. They own obviously Wizards of the Coast. I mean, they're not a small company. My Little Pony. Oh, yeah. My Little Brony. <laughs> oh yeah. But so the but to, it's interesting because they're incorporating that blind pre-release into this set, um, and I am hoping to be able to attend. Um, it's obviously very, very early on in the planning stages for that, but it's one of those things that would be real interesting to be able to go to to experience um, just an old school style pre-release that just hasn't happened in literally years. Um, right. It'll, it'll also this is also going to be the first time that anybody gets any access to iconic masters. Um, the the con takes place in September, whereas the Iconic Masters doesn't even drop until November. Right, so you get to play it first, and then and then also like then two two months before cards. anybody else. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just hope we don't have to sign an NDA. That would suck. I don't think they can do that. Yeah. I don't know how you prevent people from leaking the cards. You, yeah, you can't do it. You're right. Realistically, you can't. But. Uh... It's good. Well, not only not only iconic masters, but they're also going to uh, feature the Exelon block, the newest Magic large set. The block that should be coming out, I think, in 2018. So you wow, get to see is, is it all the way that far out. <laughs> yeah, so you get to see iconic masters before anybody, and then you also get a sneak peek at like I don't I don't think they're going to show you any of the cards from the new sets. Maybe uh, the maybe a theme. Block, but. Yeah, just like the, uh, they'll take you to the new world where it's going to be. So that'll be exciting. Very interesting. Well, so Hascon, um, definitely plan on hearing more about it in the coming episodes. Um, I am working on developing a plan to hopefully be able to go. And perhaps maybe things will line up that I'll be able to actually record a podcast while we're over there. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I would absolutely... I, I mean, I would break the the normalcy of how often we do it if I can get up and running in uh, Providence. That'd be, that'd be very cool. Um, but that, um, unless... Squiggly Bob, you have any last-minute additions? Any uh, tips, concerns, tricks? Nope, I don't think so. All right. Well, I definitely want to thank my listeners yet again. Um, by the way, we're up to 38 listeners per episode. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we doubled it. Yep, <laughs> in six weeks we are or in six episodes we've doubled it. So great, go team us! Um, <laughs> reach out to us at Janky Magic um, on Twitter. You have JankMagic.com. I will be posting up another blog here in the next couple days. Um, as well as jankmagic.com and soundcloud.com slash jankmagic. And finally, um, Android App Store and iTunes Store as Jank Magic Podcast. I want to thank you guys again for listening in. Um, if I, I really do want you guys to reach out. My listeners kind of control this, but I haven't heard from anybody. I don't know if we're doing good. I don't know if we're doing bad. I don't know if you hate us. Clearly not, because you're still listening. But I want to hear from you guys. So reach out to us. Reach out. Let us know how you think we're doing so far. Um, it would greatly be appreciated. Definitely want to know what you guys think. Um, that being said, 
Thank you again, and we will see you next time.